This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Pastor's recent radio program, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders, raised such amazing audience interest and concern that he's decided to rebroadcast it this month. If not expecting the miraculous at your church this weekend, you need to hear this message again where in the book of Acts, these were a daily part of the lives of the apostles. Acts is really prophecy of what God meant the New Testament church to be, including miracles, signs, and wonders. Yet despite the baptism of the Holy Spirit, today's teachings on the power of prayer and God's anointing on and in us, most New Testament churches are still operating without the power God intended for them to have. Pastor's first six lessons are all about two ingredients that might just be missing in what will make your church everything God expects it to be, holy boldness and a real Holy Ghost hunger for the miraculous. We discussed the last a couple of times we were together. Let's go back to chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power, dunamis, Greek word dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me, or be, be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so we learn here that Jesus promised this power in our lives. And he said that, you know, the verses previous to that, verse 5, he said, John, speaking about John the Baptist, truly spoke about baptizing you with water. But he said, there is another baptism. And this baptism is going to come upon you if you just wait here. And uh, until he comes. And we read, we read on a couple of weeks ago how they were all together in that room. Jesus ascended up to heaven. And it says that tongues of fire all of a sudden, there was a mighty rushing sound and tongues of fire appeared over the heads. That which appeared, appeared to be as fire. It wasn't fire, but it appeared to be as fire. It was, a, it was a Holy Ghost manifestation. It was a divine manifestation. The only way they could describe it, you see, we understand something by that because sometimes we can't understand or fully describe the, the manifestations of God. So they described it in the best way they could, and they said it looked like it was tongues as of fire. And it said it, it, it descended on all of them, and all of a sudden, they began to speak with other tongues. And you have to understand something, that these guys were in fear, and they were behind closed doors for fear of the Jews and fear of being persecuted for having been with Jesus. And now all of a sudden, as a result of this power that Jesus spoke about, this dunamis, this dynamite that came upon them, there was all of a sudden a holy boldness that came upon their lives. And I could just imagine, you know, this place roaring with all this worship to God and other tongues, and then all of a sudden the doors fly open, and these men and women run down the stairs, and they're in the streets, and they're all speaking in other tongues, and the people witnessing, the, 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 the outsiders are looking, they say, what is going on? Are these men drunk with new wine? And Peter gets up and gives them a whole sermon and says, these men aren't drunk with wine as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. We don't drink wine in the morning. It's not dinner time. 
He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the former days, in the latter days, this and this would happen, and your old men will see, uh, dream dreams, and your young, young men will see, see visions, and so on and so forth. And this was the demonstration. This was the fulfillment of the promise of the Father to every believer who would be open to receiving. And then Peter goes on to say in that, he said, this promise, what you're seeing right here, this filling of the Holy Spirit, this promise is not only for these you can read it in your Bible, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, I believe it is. He says, this is, this is not only for these, but this is for all those, for this generation and all the generations that would come after, all those whom the Lord thy God would call to himself. So the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer, every person who believes in Jesus should not just stop with receiving Jesus as Savior, but should go on to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is Bible truth. This is what Jesus taught. So tongues is not weird. It's not of the enemy. It is of God. Jesus said that believers, these would be one of the signs. You hear a tongue talker, that's a sign and the evidence of that person being with Jesus. Of having received this experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said in this, he said, when this power comes on you, you're going to be my witnesses. That means that boldness comes upon a believer when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have seen, I have witnessed, I have spoken to, I've ministered to people who are at one point shy and coy and insecure and feeling inferior. But after the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, their whole lives were transformed. Boldness, holy boldness came upon them. They testified themselves saying, I can't believe that I am speaking to people. I can't believe, I, I, six months ago, this, this would not have happened. But as a result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as a result of the filling and the infilling and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, as a result of receiving this dunamis, this power that Jesus spoke about, their lives were transformed. Hence, we have what we call the book of Acts. And some call it the Acts of the Apostles, but I really would rather call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because what we see in the pages of the book of Acts is all of the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit, all of the workings of the Holy Spirit through God's people. Now, one of the interesting things that you must bear in mind is that the book of Acts never, ever really came to an end. We are the continuation of the book of Acts. We are the present day. Why? Because the book of Acts is the documentation of the birth of the New Testament church. That's the documentation right there. Jesus said, I send you before he left. I have all authority. Now I give you all authority. And now on top of that, you're going to receive this power that's going to come upon you. And now you're going to go out into the world and be my witnesses. Now you begin to see in the book of Acts, the, the believers start gathering and they start worshiping and they start praising God. And then they start going out into the, into the world, demonstrating the powers of God. I believe with all my heart that we, the believers of this present day, need to seek God and need to raise our level of faith to believe that the demonstration of God's signs and wonders and miracles are going to happen through us just like they happened in the book of Acts. I have witnessed the powers of God. I have witnessed the demonstrations of God. I have seen people healed. I've prayed for people who have been healed. I've watched people be delivered by the power of God. I've watched people come under the power of God where their bodies, you know, shook and rattled and it wasn't fake. It wasn't, it wasn't something that a person learned. It was the power of God that came upon them. 
And I believe in these last days, uh, you know, we know that we are living in the last of the last days. We need, we need to, to stand tall and, and raise our level of faith to believe for the signs and the wonders and the miracles like, ever, like never before. The book of Acts and all of the acts of the Holy Ghost never cease. They are continuation to this day. So we talked about the three levels of the anointing. It's the anointing upon you. And we said in that anointing, as we, we read in, in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, that that was the empowerment for service for Jesus, to be his witness. Everywhere you go, if you'll witness for Jesus, I believe and I've seen it, God will back you up with signs following we saw that in Mark's gospel, chapter 16. He told us all these signs were going to follow. They're going to you know, speak with new tongues. They're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to do all these things. And, and he goes on to say in that verse, or he goes on to say in that verse, that the disciples went out. They went out, and the Lord worked with them. God wants to work with us, but we have to give him something to work with. If we're not doing the work, then he can't work with us. He didn't say he wanted to work for us. He said he wants to work with us. So we have to be doing something. We have to be working in the kingdom. We have to be making ourselves available to be the witnesses. And he says he's going to back us up with signs following. Everywhere they went, signs followed them. Problem with the modern day church is the modern day church is following signs. Brother so-and-so is here. Let's go and see that, that, that preacher. There's, there's anointing in that man. Let's go see that preacher. And we're flying all over the world trying to find the anointing when the anointing is right in you. The anointing is right on you. The anointing is ready to come out of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if we would just learn that we are as anointed as we're ever going to be, there's no more anointing. He's already given you all the anointing you ever would ever get. Hallelujah. First, when you got saved, and secondly, when you got baptized with the Holy Ghost and power, you've got the anointing, and the anointing is working in you. So it's the, the anointing that comes upon you, as we read in verse 8, is to go out and be witnesses. So number one, the purpose of the anointing is to be a witness for Jesus. And Jesus promises if you be a witness, he's going to be sure that signs are going to fight. That, that means this, simply. When you start praying prayers for your friends, for your coworkers, for your neighbors, for the people you meet out in the world, when you start telling them about Jesus and you pray for their, things are going to happen. Their prayers are going to be, be answered because of your faith. You're going to pray for them for things to be reversed, for things to be broken. Things are going to happen. Bondage is broken, shackles released, people get healed. Whatever it be, he promised in his word. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. And the Lord worked with them everywhere they went. But you have to do the work of the Lord. If you're not doing the work of the Lord, the Lord can't do anything. He can't work. He's not gonna, again, he's not going to work for you. He's going to work with you. God works with us. That means I have to be doing something. I do, God does. I move, God moves. I step out in faith, God backs up what I do. I'm bold, God blesses my boldness. Hallelujah, glory to God. So, so we see that the first, the first operation of the anointing is that we would be witnesses. Well, I'm gonna tell you why God wants us to be witnesses and why he wants to back it up with signs following because God so much wants to win the loss to himself. God's love is so strong and God's love is so great that he wants to win the loss to himself. God wants us to go out into the world and be the lights to the world and be who he's called us to be, to show the world that God is alive and God is powerful and God is still doing miracles and God is still working for people. God is still helping people. God is still delivering. God is still healing. God is still breaking bondages. God is still reversing curses. God is doing all this work in the world. But we have to be bold enough to be the witnesses, crazy enough to believe that God is going to back us up. So the number one reason for the anointing, most, 
Most people play with the anointing right in the church. We just come to church, and the only place we ever see the power of God work is in church. We, let me tell you what, we ought to see the power of God working out in the workplace. Out in the world, we ought to see. Why? Because the anointing is in you. You don't come to church and wait for the anointing. That's a misnomer. That's wrong teaching. The anointing is in you. Say, the anointing is in me. Everywhere you go, the anointing goes with you. We don't come to church and, and oh God, anoint. Now, we use those terms, anoint us afresh. But really what we're saying is just give us a fresh infilling. We already have the anointing. You, you don't have to come to church to get a fresh infilling. You can get a fresh infilling right in your own home. All you have to do is stir it up. Whew. All you have to do is reach up to heaven and say, God, give me a refreshing today. But we have all the anointing that we would ever need. The anointing is in us. Say, the anointing is in me. So we see these three dimensions. He says, number one, the, you will receive power, verse eight, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to all the other other part, most parts of the world. So we talked about the anointing upon you. And then last week we got into uh, the second aspect of this anointing. Remember there's three classifications, the anointing upon you, the anointing in you, and the anointing that comes out of you. That's called virtue, by the way, power. Virtue is just a fancy word for the name or for, for, for power, right? So the anointing upon you is to be witnesses. The anointing in you is to teach you, to guide you, and to change you. Let's go over to 1 John. That's where we left off last week. And we looked at some very important scriptures in the book of John chapter 1. And um, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2. Book of John chapter 2. And the very first verse we looked at, it says, verse 20, but you have an anointing. You have, an, uh, have a what? Anointing. Say, I have an anointing. Notice he didn't say you're going to get an anointing. Notice he didn't say you have to pray up an anointing. Notice he didn't say that you have to be good enough for the anointing. And remember, anointing is just a fancy word for power. Everybody say power. He said, you have an anointing. You have it. Say, I have it. How many of you really believe that you have the anointing? You've got the power of God in you. He says, you have an anointing. And he tells you where it comes from, from the Holy One. Who's the Holy One? God. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And first thing he says, and you know all things. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural understanding about things. And, and, and we can talk about it from many different dimensions. Today, I want to talk about it from a different dimension that I did last week. Last week, we talked about how, you know, you, you see God, you pray, and God will, will begin to show you things, right? God will speak to you. God will help you. God will come and, and, and show you things to come, things that you don't know about or things that may be, you know, may be danger lurking. And, and if you see God and you, you pray, he, he'll begin to show you things about your future, he said, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. All things, and I, I, I researched this a little bit, and the best, best definition I could find in, in one of the commentaries is that he shows you all things that are needful for you to know. Shows you all things that are needful for you to know. And that's because of the anointing in our lives. Now, the second aspect of this anointing that we want to talk about tonight a little bit, if you go down to verse 26, he says, um, I'm sorry, verse um, 20, well, 26 says, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. So the second aspect of this anointing that's in you is the fact that God has put a safeguard in every one of us to keep us from being deceived. If we get deceived, it's because we have allowed ourselves to get deceived. If we get deceived, we've allowed, either it's laziness, slothfulness, lack of, you know, seeking the Holy Ghost, lack of praying, lack of staying spiritually strong and spiritually in tune. 
It says, he says, verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him, the anointing, say, I have the anointing. The anointing which you have received from him abides in you, say, it's in me. And you do not need anyone to teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. Now, let's just clarify this for a moment because the, the fact of the matter is you may say, well, well, that means that we don't need any teachers. No, it doesn't mean that we don't need any teachers. What it means is that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. I can and any other teacher or pastor can stand before his congregation and give a good word, give a message, but it's only the Holy Spirit who really drives that message home. That's why a man of God can stand before a congregation and preach one message and there could be several hundred people and there'll be seven, several hundred messages going out all at the same time. Because it's not the teacher that's doing the teaching. I'm only the vessel through whom God uses or God works to teach his people. But really the, the, the bottom line to it is, is, is unless you take what you hear home and begin to get before the Lord, you're never going to learn anything. That's why people sit in churches week after week and never really grow. That's why folks can be a believer for so many years and never get beyond a certain level is because they're not, they're not getting with the Holy Spirit and getting instructed by the Holy Spirit anymore. I know that when I first, when I first started out in my, uh, my walk with the Lord, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to go to Bible school. I didn't have the opportunity to go to seminary. I went to something called knee college. I just found myself in ministry and I didn't even know how I got there. Well, I knew how I got there. God led me there. But I didn't even know fully how it happened. All I know that God was calling me into this. And I can remember being on my face before the Lord saying, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. If this is truly of you, Master, then I'm, I am not going to promote myself, push myself, or do anything. You're going to have to prove it to me. It's so interesting because I showed up at this little church. It was my second visit to this church in Pleasantville. It was Assemblies of God Church, maybe 25, 30 people there. And I was just zealous and on fire for God. And, and the very second time that I was at that, didn't even know the I think I met him one time, shook his hand. He called people forward. I came forward. He came right over to me, laid his hands on me and prophesied over me. I cannot give you the prophecy verbatim, but I can give you the gist of it. And basically what he said was that which is going on in your heart, that call that's on your heart is truly from God. And he went on to, to confirm. He told, he said to me exactly what I was looking to hear. He didn't even know me. Next thing I know is I'm in the ministry. You know, it was a slow process over the course of a few years, but I found myself in the ministry in that church under the, the, um, dire, under the um, uh, mentorship of this man of God who mentored me. And all of a sudden he, he throws me out there and says, here, why don't, you, why don't you stand up tonight and preach for 15 minutes? Preach for 15 minutes? I don't know. I don't know how to preach. I've never preached before in my life. He said, well, just get a verse and open your mouth and start talking. <laughs> you, you've got it in you, Raymond. That's what he said. You, you can do it. He threw me out there and I stood up and I just opened my mouth and, and things started coming out. And all of a sudden I realized this wasn't me talking. Where did I learn this? How do I understand this? I don't even know how I know this. You'd be surprised sometimes I still standing here saying, I don't know, how do I know this? I'll never tell you, but... <laughs> It's the Holy Spirit that teaches us all things. Now, it's interesting. This safeguard is built in, built in us. This anointing is built in us because as you, as you understand that this anointing, this anointing is there and as you get into the word and you begin to read the word for yourself and get filled up with the word, when you hear something that is incorrect, when you hear something that is unscriptural, you don't even have to be that long a believer 
you may not even under, you may not even know if it's in the word or not. Something checks in your spirit. And I've been in meetings and I, I tell you what, I've lived my life this way. I have lived my life this way. I have obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit in my spirit. And there have been times when I have, you know, seen things or listened to teaching on, t- on television. Something just isn't right. It's just checking me wrong. There's just something. I don't, I, don't, I don't fully understand it, but something is wrong. When I go to the word, I find it. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He is the teacher on the inside of you, and he is the safeguard built in you to prevent you from being deceived. Learn to obey the checks of the Holy Spirit. Learn to obey. When something goes off in your spirit, learn to follow that and obey it because that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I think I told you the story one time. There was this big prophet, but I'll tell you again because you probably don't remember the story, and I'm going I'm to keep telling my stories. But there was this big prophet roaming around this area and everybody was flocking to him and he was the hottest thing uh, at that time. Be careful of all these names that fly up. I like what Lester Sumrall once told me and he said, you know, uh, actually he wrote a whole article but I still have the, I still have it in one of his magazines. He's been dead for 10, 12 years, whatever it is, but, but um, he wrote a thing. He said that there's a difference between being a shooting star and the North Star. A shooting star goes up and fizzles and dies. The North Star is eternally fixed in the heavens. Mariners chart their course by the North Star and they're dead on every time. If the North Star moved just a little bit, it would throw everything off. All nature would be thrown out of whack, all our navigation. Navigators navigate by the North Star because it is always in the same place and you can count on it. Be careful that you don't follow after all these shooting stars. Follow after that which is solid, fixed, proven. And um, so this guy was floating around and everybody was following him. He was prophesying over everybody, had all these, you know, words for everybody. Be careful, you know, following someone that always had to give you a word. Let me tell you what, what I'm teaching you from the Bible is this one thing, that we need to learn how to get our word from God. Not from a, a man. God works that way. I prophesy over people when I feel the unction to do so. But it shouldn't be news to you when somebody prophesies over you. You ought to already know that's confirmation. God has already spoken to me. And if it's not confirmation, take it and put it in the back burner somewhere or throw it in the garbage if it vexes your spirit. And this prophet was floating around. This is what the anointing does in your life. This is what he's talking about, that no one will deceive you. No one will mislead you. No one will misguide you. If you're going by the check of the spirit, check in your spirit. Because the anointing is in you. So this man's floating all over, prophesying all over these people, you know, saying all these things. And, and, um, and we were in a meeting one day and, and, you know, I always couldn't understand why every time he prophesied, you know, there was no conviction in any of the prophecy. He seemed like he was always telling people what they wanted to hear. True prophecy doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. Sometimes true prophecy is going to tell you what you don't want to hear because God's trying to confirm what he's already spoken to you that you're neglecting or you're straying away from or or fighting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So sometimes prophecy that comes to us has has conviction with it. But if someone's always prophesying, making you feel good, oh, you're going to be blessed, oh, you're going to work in the gifts, oh, your gifts of healing, and blah, 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 blah. What about a word? You got to straighten your life out. Straighten up. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.